every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the AltaCast at a new time, noon on Tuesdays, here at MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. Super exciting today, we're going to be joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, from her office, the city office, her girl boss job, um, being awesome with events in the city and the whatnot. Alright, I'm... Your host, Pam Benjamin. It is July 5th, 2022. Uh, If you're paying attention politically, all of my jokes finally have value. (laughs) No, uh, abortion's been overturned. That's very scary. And, you know, the rights of women, whatever. Like, you know, what did we learn in 2016? Only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. Poor Hillary. Although, who knows any more about politicians? Gosh darn it, I just can't even be political. It's too scary out there, friends. Isn't it? Are you freaked out? You know what I do when I freak out? I listen to Billy Joel, baby. Yeah, I do. Actually, I'm absolutely going to be playing Billy Joel. Um, Latoya is going to be calling in at noon 30. And uh, I'm going to pull that out because the low tones on the board... I need to get a professional in here. Sorry, pulling back the veil. Why am I doing that? That's not cool. Uh, you should know that Mutiny Radio has five open mics a week. Dear God. Two are here, and the others are strewn about the city of San Francisco. So tonight, because it's Tuesday, is OMG on 6th Street at 6 o'clock. It's a lot of sixes. Also, two-for-one well drinks during the show. What a steal. If you like to drink, on my way here, I was walking on Larkin and Geary going toward the station. And a gentleman in a wheelchair said to me, hi, my name is Dave and I'm an alcoholic. And I almost, I had one dollar on me and I almost gave him a dollar for his cause. But I thought that was like the night, one of the nicest ways to be hit on. I, what was I being hit on? I mean, man, I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> I'm getting, getting, uh, anyway, I don't know what's happening. Uh, but tonight at six o'clock, there's going to be comedy at OMG. Come check it out. And tomorrow is Wednesday. So that's baby blues barbecue. Uh, the second Wednesday of every month, we're at Madam race car, seven 30 for a great show. So I hope that you come out for all of the Mutiny Radio comedy things. You can check us out on Eventbrite. Look up Mutiny Radio. You'll see them all there. Ooh, all the way through August. I'll be booking September like real soon, halfway through July. I'll book out September. All right. Let's get to some music. And uh, and yeah, okay. So this I'm going to be singing this tonight maybe if I sing karaoke. There's lots of karaoke on Tuesdays. I particularly like to do it at Neck of the Woods. Um 
just a real welcoming room. They didn't have any of my songs last time, so I sang Honesty again, but um, wasn't wasn't my best showing. But this is what I'm going to sing tonight because I've never sung Big Shot, so I'm going to listen to it with you and enjoy it. Oops, this is moving out, sorry.
next and I did the wrong Billy Joel record so um, so there we go so there we are um, thanks for listening to mutinyradio.fm and .sf 
Sorry I'm obsessed with Billy Joel. <laughs> I, I just I love him so much. And this is just, I just love this song. Honesty, it's just, oh, I love it. Search for tenderness It isn't hard to find You can have the love You need to live But if you look for truthfulness You might just as well be blind It always seems to be So hard to give Honesty
All right, Billy Joel. Thank you for um, sifting through that with me. You know, I'm trying to figure out something's wrong with the low end on all of our equipment, and I, I wish I knew how to fix it. If you know things about sound, come help me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I have some idea of what I'm doing, but not enough. Because even right now with that CD, the low end, so something's happening, and I don't know what it is. If any of you understand things, please. Cool. Uh, that was Honesty by Billy Joel, and saying honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Uh, but you know who's not is the Sheriff of Truth. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win. And she's going to be calling in real soon, which is great. And uh, thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. If you want to give us money, we have a Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Or, you know, just come see a show. That would be great. Someone asked me, they were like, oh, how can I volunteer? And I was like, come into a show and just be in a butt in a seat is a really great way to show your support of Mutiny Radio. Absolutely. Uh, Go to Emperor, this week is Bar on Dolores on Thursday, but next week, second and fourth Thursdays upstairs at Emperor Norton's is the Boozelands Comedy Clubhouse. Hell yeah. So check it out. And that's kind of the best way to support comedians is to go watch them. (laughs) So they don't, ooh, it's rough. I'll tell you, I fell off the precipice this week and uh, it's a long way down to the bottom of a warp core. I can assure you. <laughs> That's a Geordie reference from anyway. I had a it, I had a difficult I had a difficult weekend and it's like god, you know, mental health is real and I fe- I just feel so much shame for the way that I react to things and and my how intense my emotions are and it's like and then it becomes one of those things would I trade it like because when the highs are so high and and you know you got it see you can you know you're waiting for that other shoe to drop I had 30 days of just like bliss and then it just took one thing to just knock me off that fulcrum is that the right word am I using that right uh and wow, I just plummeted. And it's one of those things where what you can't, but I can't, I can't wallow in my, I had, I got shit to do. I can't, I can't, I can't lay in bed with my cats because I have to do things. But I tried to, I tried to lay in bed with my cats. And, uh, and then I felt guilty for that too. So, hey, if you're out there with mental health issues, man, I struggle. Struggle is real. So thanks to those who were kind on the Facebooks in the internet sphere. That was nice that I didn't get bullied when I was, when my heart was in the grinder, you know? <coughs> I can imagine that would be the perfect time for, although I'm, I'll absolutely admit it. I am a daffodil. I am a soft. I'm so fragile. I am such a fragile person. And I like to play that I'm this really strong. I'm not. I am a, week like it is 
it is sad uh just mentally how weak i am uh <laughs> i've been and i've been trying to hold it together it's it's hard like when i was yes no sunday Sunday after I had a, I didn't sleep Saturday night so Sunday morning I was crazy and then I just stayed up all day and I drank coffee and stuff so I was losing my mind for multiple reasons and um, I forced myself to go out because I was just I couldn't I couldn't stay home for more hours and be awake and just be in that whirlwind cycle of constant thought of what I should have done, what I could have done, what I should have said, what I could have done and uh, like how awful my set was and just how, how much I suck and how I didn't connect with the audience and how I did everything wrong and I was just sitting there alone and it was just swirling and swirling and swirling all night. I couldn't sleep. The only thing that could calm me down was when I'd think about Telos that was in my head. I'd, I'd breathe and I'd think about the beautiful island. Oh, I'm not supposed to say its name. Um, and I have the vision in my head of the water and the cove and the way everything looked and the rocks and the rocks to the far, um, right of the, of Aristos anyway. And that like made, it's the only thing that could stop my brain because then it became, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. All of these comedians were there. They all saw me fail and look like an idiot because I was trying so hard and no one likes it when you try really hard. I get it. It's not attractive. And I try, I try so hard and I just feel like I'm in high school again and I'm trying and trying and trying and nobody likes it when you try that hard. It just doesn't work. It comes off as like crazy and I get that. But so now I'm in this, like, then I'm in a cycle where I'm like, Oh God, I just, I tried so hard and I can't. And so all of that is, has so much shame attached to it that I just can't, you know? And anyway, so I've been pushing myself. And I, so I got out of the house on Sunday and my face was so puffy. I mean, I looked like I'd been beaten up by myself. Like I've been punched, I punched myself in the face because when I cry that much, my face just goes, and I'm old. You know, one of the benefits is it sort of takes out some of the wrinkles from my eyes, but it looks, it honestly looks like I've been punched. And if you kind of like push on, on my lids and stuff, like it can sort of leak fluid because it's so puffy i don't know i don't know what's wrong with my body okay uh sheriff of truth that was therapeutic for me thank you if anybody's <laughs> uh, but it was a really rough i don't know if anybody has um uh what is what's the word for it perseveration perseverating thoughts um it's hard and you can't and i can't get you get something in your head and it just keeps circling and you can't get rid of it. And it's like, what, how do I, uh, anyway, I know in pot just, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't do it. Well, we should, uh, listen to some more music before the sheriff of truth comes back. I'll plug more of the shows. So it's, Monday Joke Workshop, Tuesday OMG, that's tonight on 6th Street, Wednesday Baby Blues Barbecue on Mission in Presida at 7 o'clock, this Thursday at 8 o'clock Bar on Dolores, which is at 29th and Dolores, 8 o'clock, guest hosted by Brett Harper Jennings, because I'm at a show at Piano Fight, and then another, and then Friday here, Saturday Atlas, and then next week, Madam Race Car on Wednesday, 
and Baby Blues Barbecue both are happening. Oh my God. I need a guest host at Baby Blues. And what else is happening? Oh, and on Thursday, Emperor Norton's Booze Land upstairs, 8 o'clock. So go do that stuff. And uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of the uh, Japanese Bjork Kope. And I'll be back with some more music and with uh, Latoya the Sheriff of Truth. Winnie the Pooh by A. A. Milne Story 1 In Which We Are Introduced Here is Edward Bear now, coming downstairs on the back of his head behind Christopher Robin. It's the only way he knows of coming downstairs, but sometimes he feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom and ready to be introduced to you. Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you were going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said... He's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what the means? Ah, yes, now I do. I hope you do too, because it's all the explanation you're going to get. Sometimes Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs. Sometimes he likes to sit quietly in front of the fire, listen to a story. This evening... What about a story? What about a story? Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? I suppose we could. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? We'll try. Once upon a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? It means he had a name over the door in gold letters and lived under it. Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure. Now I am. Then we'll go on. One day, when Pooh was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. And in the middle of this place was a large oak tree and from the top of this tree there came... Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree. That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that, just buzzing and buzzing without it meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise. And the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee. 
And the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it. So he began to climb the tree. He climbed. And he climbed. And he climbed. And as he climbed, he sang a little song to himself. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further. And a little further. And then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. He was rather tired by now, so it came out as a complaining song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they'd build their nest at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we wouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was nearly there by now. If I just stand on that branch... Oh, help! If only I hadn't... Oh, you see what I meant to do? Of course, it was rather... Uh, it all comes, I suppose, of liking honey so much. Oh, help! Oh, ow! He crawled out of the gorse bush, brushed the prickles from his nose and began to think again. And the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? That was you. Christopher Robin said nothing. <sighs> but his eyes got larger and larger and his face got pinker and pinker. I'd better go to see Christopher Robin, said Pooh. Christopher Robin lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh. Mm. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes. I just said to myself as I came along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for? Honey. You don't get honey with balloons. I do. Well, it just so happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet. And Piglet had balloons at the party. You had had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue balloon, and had left it behind, being really too young to go to a party at all. And so you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which one would you like? Hmm. Uh, ah, well, hmm. It's... it's like this. It, when you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know that you're coming. Now, if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you have a blue balloon, they might think you're only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you under the balloon? Well, they might, or they might not. You can never tell with bees. I shall try to look like a small black cloud. That will deceive them. Then you'd better have the blue balloon. You both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you, Christopher Robin, just in case, as you always did. And Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And then... When the balloon was blown up as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding onto the string, you let go suddenly, and Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there, level with the top of the tree and about 20 feet away from it. Hooray! Isn't that fine? 
What do I look like? You look like a bear holding onto a balloon. Uh, not, not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Not very much. Oh, well, perhaps from up here it looks different. And as I say, you can never tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree, so there he stayed. He could see the honey, he could smell the honey, but he couldn't quite reach the honey. Christopher Robin! Hello? I think the bees suspect something. What sort of something? I don't know, but something tells me they're suspicious. Perhaps they think you're after their honey. It may be that. Hmm. You can never tell with bees. Christopher Robin? Yes? Have you an umbrella in your house? I think so. I wish you would bring it out here and walk up and down with it and look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practising on these bees. Well, you laughed to yourself. Silly old bear. But you didn't say it aloud because you were so fond of him. You went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up? Y yes, but um, wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. Pity. Well, now... If you walk up and down with your umbrella, saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain, I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. Go! Tut, tut, it looks like rain. Tut, tut, it looks like rain. Tut, tut, it looks like rain. All right, our story time with Winnie the Pooh is over. And who do we have on the line? Thank God, it's the Sheriff of Truth. Hey! I know. It's been a while. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh yeah. Perfect. Oh, good. Yes, sorry, we're in production week, so hence why I could not be in. But yeah. I'm glad that I got to finally catch us doing our thing. Hell, so hell yeah. What does production week mean? Oh, so production week, um, so this is the week of our Sunday Streets Valencia. Oh, okay. Which will be happening this Sunday, July 10th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And Valencia Street is one of the most um, popular Sunday streets. We yeah. get around uh, 20,000 people. Ah! So with production week, that includes signposting, making sure that businesses and churches know that the streets will be closed. Right. Uh, uh, right. Do you have stages and stuff? Uh, are there are there any events that are planned during Sunday streets? Like, is it just people walking? And are there are there you know stages or bands or what's what's going on on Valencia this Sunday? Are people just just hanging out in the street? Yeah, we lost you. Did we lose you? Hello. Uh -oh. There you are. Now you're back. You're back. You're back. That was okay. crazy. We lost you for a sec. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so there's, there's, like, the vendors and stuff. And, yeah, there are, we are going to be having, like, live music. Uh, I believe we will have, we'll be having three different bands. Um, one is going to be, like, a R&B soul, which is awesome. They played in Bayview. The other one will be a jazz mobile, uh, which they always come out for our Sunday streets. And then the third band, I still am trying to find out. Oh, wow. Uh, I believe it might be uh, maybe rock. Cool. Uh, so. That's really exciting. And so every weekend now, it's through the rest of the summer, or is it every other weekend that streets are closed? Say that again? Is it every week or every other week that Sunday streets happens oh, all summer? Oh, it's once a month. <laughs> oh, it's once a month. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because so it, it is like, a huge undertaking. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, there's this one that will uh, the next one is Soma South Market. Oh, right on. And that one's going to be a really big one, too, because this time around we'll be doing two miles all the way down from uh, 8th Street to Spear Street toward the, going toward the water. Wow. So we're already starting to do that. So there's a lot of stuff that that goes along with this. So yeah. Well, and what streets are closed from Valencia? Is it 24th to 16th? Yeah, so Valencia wow. so is going to be closed all the way down from 26th and DuBose. Wow. So the majority of Valencia is going to be closed. And then also 24th Street uh, and Valencia will be closed. Uh, I believe 16th as well will be closed uh, to 16th and Valencia. So... Do you There's do you need that. comedians? So anyone listen, <laughs> do not travel. Do not travel on Sunday. Do not pass go. Do not go on. Don't go anywhere near there with your car. Public transit, friends, <laughs> it's all there for you. The Mission bus, uh, the forty nine and the fourteen, will take you right there. It'll be. I'm sure it'll be a beautiful day. Um. Well. Awesome. Sunday streets. Do you have any comedians? <laughs> Ooh. Can you turn your volume up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there, that's... Uh... Oh, no, I can hear you. Oh, okay, good. I'll try to keep it as voice? close to there as I can. Um, this Sunday. So, what, 11 to 4? Yes, 11 to 4. The street closures will start at 10, uh, 10 a.m. Or, excuse me, I'm sorry. They'll start at 8 a.m. Uh, so the street closures will start at 8 a.m., just a heads up. Um, but they will be reopening back up at 5, so okay. 8 to 5. Yeah, it's just a day. Just go around. No big deal. Well, they, you know, they've been shutting Valencia down for the art corridor thing that was going on every exactly. other Saturday. So, People are used to it. It's fine. Like, they're right. like, oh, look at and, this. This is cool. It's San Francisco. They closed shit down. Whatevs, you know. <laughs> I mean... It, we're not at least we're not bay of breakers right right you know, yeah i well the whole you're more family life. more family friendly not as much nudity and and alcohol i don't understand well, you know me, i don't mind the nudity or the well, booze yeah but it's just the fact that uh the whole city has not shut down because there is no way you're going to be able to cross market and unfortunately the majority of us you know, who do live on the other side of market have to cross market to get to any place else in the city. Yeah, it's so, but cross market. Again, this is just Sunday, July 10th. 
So, and like you said, I believe that the majority of the people are used to uh, Valencia being shut down due to like the art walk and the stuff that they do uh, do as well on the weekends. Yeah, because the city's coming back and, and I mean, it's fun to be out in the middle of the street with like vendors and all kinds of weird stuff just to see people again. I mean, I don't know. Have we have we lost that magic that 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 quarantine magic when everybody was like happy and so excited to be out and now they're just like, "Eh, life's back to normal and it sucks." Well, <laughs> I think people are starting Well, it seems like I don't want to say normal, but with all the things that are going on, especially with the mass shooting, oh my God. I think people are starting to be a little bit more, not weary, just on guard. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately, in the north suburbs of where I'm from in Chicago, Highland Park, there was a mass shooting yesterday. Um, and if you guys are not familiar with Highland Park, Highland Park is uh, affluent. Uh, neighborhood in uh, the north suburbs of Chicago where most movies like your John Hughes movies were filmed like Risky Business. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking the, about. 16, 16 Candles. candles yeah. You know, the, the home. Breakfast Club. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. So, wow. you know, I think people. Was it a school? Please tell me it wasn't a school. And you know, I have no idea what's going on in the news because I'm so Oh, no, no. This is at a, the 4th of July parade. Oh, my God. Now, I was so Yesterday afraid morning. of that, actually, about telling you gay pride uh, last weekend and then this with the 4th of July. I've, I'm really scared about large groups of people where it's just, ugh, even family, there's no family-friendly safety anymore. I, I'm it's just Uh-oh, so you're sad. breaking away a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, tell us about this. Tell us about this horrific shooting. Oh, so... Yeah, so this was yesterday at 10 a.m. So there was a parade and what have you. And from what I've, I know so far, because I haven't read anything today, um, the 23-year-old angry white man, of course, but, and he is from Highland Park. Um, but here's another thing. The signs were all there. He had been posting threats on social media. Uh, his neighbor said, you know, he's been troubled for some time. Um, so there are all these red flags that, again, got ignored. And so what I've kind of been hearing but, um, is that he was taking people out from the roof. <gasps> Bullets from the sky. Terrible. Yes. So that, <laughs> like, wow. Like, right now, I'm, like, walking, and I'm, like, looking on the rooftop. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, like, uh, I had a new joke when I wasn't depressed, but I'm coming out of it. But my new joke was about, like, things are so good, I'm just trying to not die. And and it's, like, I'm, I've always sort of been afraid when it's windy like that, like, um, branches, a branch will hit me in the head. But I'm really nervous that, like, a bullet... Either a stray bullet or an actual bullet is just going to come out of nowhere and just murder me. I mean, who knows anymore? It's it's not. It used to be like an unfounded fear, but not anymore. Like there's 
there's anecdotal and real facts to back up that as a legitimate fear. It's not a phobia. Uh. And, and, you know, the thing is, you know, I mean, I think this is, I believe this is like our 230th uh, mass shooting. Oh, my God. This year? This year. This year? Yes. I, I, this is, what? Oh, my God. I need to do the math on this real quick. 230. Oh, I got to get the little calculator out here. Um, so okay, we have so, 360 days a year. Well, so if there's 230. Oh, wait. So we have to remember 230, and we go like this. So it's the fifth of uh, the six. So six months times 30 days. Let's just kind of round it about 30 days times six. Three times six is 1,880 plus five. So 185 days. So that's two shoot, basically two shootings per day. If it's 230 divided by... Uh, divided by 185 approximately equals, oh no, I just added them instead. Gosh darn it, I'm so blind. It's a real bummer. 230, which the, where's the divided by sign? Divided by, there it is. Divided by 185. The autistic kid listening is like, I know the answer. That's 1.24, that's 1.25 shootings a day. That's one and a quarter shootings a day this year. So it's a shooting every other day. That's a shooting like, it's it's one shooting every day and an extra shooting every three days. There we go. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. I, I mean, it's almost hard to believe. It's, um, it's almost like mind boggling to consider that there are, and I'd be interested in the statistics of how many were in schools because if children are committing these atrocities, they they're getting the patterning from someone. I think that it's almost like a self-creating prophecy as well. It's like a Aurora Boris snake eating its own tail over and over and over that like we've got movies where there's shooters and there's, we've got, mass shootings happening and in, in, in different places for different reasons for hate and there's and it's swirling and it keeps going around and it's um and then kids see it because they hear about it right and then and then they want to do it and it just keeps perpetuating itself and getting and exponentially getting worse I, i'd be interested in the stats of shootings um you know year to year and and how different it looked during the pandemic when everybody was locked down it is, mean, it, and is that the answer lock everybody down because certainly they're not gonna i mean they're like they're like babies keep them guns keep them uh matt gubser had the funniest joke i've heard in forever from a man about abortion on Sunday at the punchline and he said that he was talking about fetuses having the right to guns so that when they're trying to have an abortion they can shoot their way out and if a fetus shoots his way, anyways it was it was unbelievably good and hilarious and I was just I was dying they was like fetuses have rights to guns so if they're in the uterus they just shoot their way out and they stay a lot like anyway it was amazing um but I don't, I, mean, I can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, 
especially with I mean, with the Roe v. Wade, this is how long we have not been on the air together. Yeah. Like, there's so much going on. Whereas, you know, yeah, maybe maybe it'd be better if we give fetuses a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because obviously, and by the way, at this parade, there were children, uh, you know. So oh, my God. Children that were killed. Oh, my God. So again, yeah, so again, we oh. just have the Uvalde. We just had the uh, Buffalo, and now we have the parade. I mean. the I can't imagine the disassociation that it would take to be on a roof to shoot children. That's like a sickness and a, and a thought pattern that I can't, I can't understand. I can't. I don't even know how to, I'm just, it's, I can't even, right now, I'm like, I, I can't even. Uh, they, uh, sitting on a roof, shooting, like, what the fuck happened to you? Man, I had a bad weekend, like, and I was low, and I felt bad, but I never thought about hurting other people. Like, I'll beat myself up, but I'm not going to hurt other people. Why would you do that? And, like, what is happening, and why are we not taking care of people, like, mentally and emotionally? that they can get to a place where they feel justified in murdering others. I, I right. you know? Well, we, this country makes it so easy. It's, they make guns so accessible. Right. Like, it's easier to get a gun than have a, an underage person get a beer. Right. You know, it's easier to get a gun than get Sudafed or birth control. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and so it's it's it, it, we know what this is. We know it's an issue with these these high powered firearms. I mean, I there's was no reason. Last night. There's no reason for anyone to have an AK-47. Was it an AK-47 that they were picking people off with? Yes. Oh my I God! It's so. you yeah. don't need a spray of bullets like that. It's so awful. It's, there's no need for there's it. There's no need for and it. And then on top of that, I mean, there was the assault uh, uh, assault weapon ban that started, I believe, in 94, mm. 94 to uh, 06, which, yes, there were, there were some mass shootings. Columbine was between there, uh, that during their assault rifle ban, as well as Producer. So those were school shootings. But then after that ban got lifted during the Bush administration, mm. all hell broke loose. Yeah. I mean, just giving people access. And let's go back to the Second Amendment. Like, they keep they keep uh, reinterpreting, and the, and the Supreme Court is there to, you know, interpret and talk about the Constitution and uphold it and et cetera. But the whole thing about the Second Amendment is that the reason it was made was that during the time of insurgency, when we were fighting up against the British, it was because the British used to do this thing and armies used to do this thing where they just take over your house and they're like, all right, we live here now, feed us, we're going to like rape your daughters and fuck with your shit, maybe we'll burn your farm, we don't know, whatever, but we're taking over. And so in order to protect themselves from that, they were, we were able to carry arms and rise up against your oppressor and say, no, not today, foreign army or even our own government. Say, you can't take up quarters in our, we can defend our own, you know, land, et cetera. 
And now, if we're supposed to be defending ourselves against the government, we should all have um, suitcases with uh, nuclear weapons in them, bombs, you know, dirty bombs. Because they can murder us at any time. They can come down with their tanks and their fucking choppers and and we can't rise up against drones, our oppressors. The, the drones, I mean, drones, all of it. There's just unless it we all can have. Matter how, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, with, with drones with grenades or whatever. It doesn't. The the thing is, we can't rise up against our oppressors. So the Second Amendment is moot. Its its original purpose is now pointless. Uh, and all it does is serve as a way for us to kill each other. But maybe that's what they want. Maybe. There are too many Americans, and they want dumb Americans to kid off. Of, but we don't know who's dumb and who's smart. That's not fair. And they're children. That's, uh, I mean, even though I'm not going to have children, I, I still believe they're the future. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day where even white people don't even want to care for their own white kids. It's usually yeah. about the kids. But... Oh, I just got something uh, on the news. Now there's seven dead. What? Oh, God. Six. So somebody else ha- must have passed well in the hospital. So now that death toll has just went up. Jesus. I yes. just, I can't imagine being with my family at a fun event and then suddenly there's bullets inside you. Ah, like the shock and the pain and the horror and the fear and the... I mean, uh, what a fucking nightmare. I, it's so scary. And that's, and that's a real fear now that's justified. Wow. And they, and they tried to get, you know, isn't it funny? They tried with a war on terror. This is domestic terrorism. Why aren't they calling it that? And we really should be doubling down. I mean, they used to call it the war on terror. Bring it back. But it's us on ourselves. This is domestic terrorism. This is worse. I wonder. Let's count. We should count up the deaths since the 230 shootings and see if it's more than Al-Qaeda on 9-11, right? Look at the Twin Tower take and look at the, and look at the shootings. And let's see who the terrorists are. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. The government's going to be like, uh, wait a minute. She's cracked the code. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it to me, it, it just this country never seems to learn its lesson. Nope, nope. We can't. We can't do it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, super scary. So, do you are? Hey, are you interested in having comedians on your Sunday streets? Hey, I can hook it yeah, up for you. Yeah. So maybe for the next one. Yeah. This is what I do when I talk to you about. Um, Definitely, I think that we should get together and possibly meet with Katie. Hell yeah. To do such a thing. Um, And yeah, and then there's also Phoenix Day, but I also mentioned to her. What's Phoenix Day? What's that mean? Our festival. Yeah. So that's also something that we could work with. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited because I've got El Rio on board now. So my whole comedy crawl is is set. I've got 
Baby Blues Barbecue, El Rio, Knockout, and Bar on Dolores. And I can do a comedy crawl on Friday night, which is going to be super fun um, of the festival. And then Alameda Comedy Club is in. And to have things um, on either Sunday or Saturday, Sunday the 9th or Saturday the 15th. Ooh, are you are you in McDonald's? Are you in McDonald's drive through? What are you doing? I'm listening to you. No, I know, but what are, where are you? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, we'll have to. Um. Let me know. We can. Um. I'll just. We could. We can. Uh. Plug your Sunday streets one more time, and then uh, we'll get off air, and I'll play some music and shit. Uh, or I'll play more Winnie the Pooh because I'm a fucking weirdo and someone left this here and I'm like, oh my God, I love Winnie the Pooh. Uh, and then we can uh, figure out figure out when we can meet. All right, I'll plug it for you. Uh, <laughs> Sunday Streets this Sunday, 11 to 4 on Valencia, the entire Valencia. Check it out, everybody. Uh, go out and see some bands. Check out some art, check out all the great stores. Support your stores that are coming back. Local, shop local. Shop, shop, shop. Local, local, local. I know, I'm such a, look at me be a capitalist. I'm kidding. Oh, there, you're back. I was plugging Sunday Streets for you. Now you're gone again. Okay, well, enjoy your lunch. And I, oh, there, you're back. You're back. Cool. Uh, I plugged I'm your, multi-tasking. oh, good. I, I plugged your Sunday Streets for you. Um, yeah. And, uh, where can people, uh, find out more about cool things happening in the city? Is there like a city website where you're just like, Oh, look at all these neat things. So for us, you can definitely check us out, uh, um, livablecity.org or sundaystreet.com. Um, and we also are, I believe we're going to be in SF gate. And you'll see our advertisement on the um, bus. Fuck yeah. See, that's why I want to get in with you guys for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because holy crap, I've always wanted to have stuff on the bus. To have like advertising on the bus for my festival would be like, this is it. This is ha ha ha. And to do something outside that's like free and accessible to people. And with, I mean, I just, I can't. I'm just, I'm so over the moon of any ideas and all ideas. And, and um, I mean, Mutiny Radio, I, I talked to the city about something not too long ago. And they're like, oh, yeah, Mutiny Radio, you guys are like legendary. And I was like, what? What? The city does not love us. They're like, yes, the city loves you. And I was like, oh. So that's all super, super good. Uh, so everybody check out Livable City. Check out Sunday Streets. Go to Sunday Streets this Sunday, the 10th of and July. Yes. You and I will be putting something together real soon. I just need to get you in person. Yeah. And yeah, we'll work. We'll work it yeah. out. We'll work it out after this. Yeah. After this call, in real, in uh, you know, on the messenger or something. Um. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving us your lunchtime. I know you're so busy and you're doing all this crazy, awesome stuff, and it's super I know. exciting. I miss being in studio. I miss you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much that I want to do with you. You know, with everybody. So. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, have a beautiful lunch, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. That was the Sheriff of Truth. 
hey, I'm super excited about all that kind of stuff. If you ever want to call us, 415-550-0511, feel free. If you want to talk about stuff, that was that was lovely. Here's one more thing I'm going to mention before I put the Winnie the Pooh back on, because I do love Winnie the Pooh, uh, and I'm enjoying listening to it. They're called um, Urban Alchemy, and once you see them, you can't unsee them. And they have changed the tenderloin. Like, it's unbelievable. They just, today I walked down Larkin and it was completely cleaned up. There were no people there. It's this like new force. It's not a force. It's a force for good. They're all, um, you'll see them with the triangle and the eye in the center. And it says urban alchemy, black with green on their vests. And I believe they're all, not all, but um, ex-incarcerated individuals. But they're doing an incredible job. And they say hi to you, like not in a creepy way. And they're keeping the streets clean. They've changed Hyde Street. Like it's it's crazy. So thank you, Urban Alchemy. If anybody's out there and they're super rich and you want to like see actual change and donate to something that makes actual change in a neighborhood urban alchemy oh my god like oof good job uh whoever's in charge of that okay we're gonna listen to the rest of uh winnie the pooh because i you know i need this (laughs) mutinyradio.fm and .sf to be a little cloud christopher ow Robin? Yes? I have just been thinking, and I have come to a very important decision. Oh! These are the wrong sort of bees. Are they? Quite the wrong sort. Ow! So I should think they would make the wrong sort of honey, didn't you? Would they? Yes, that's what I think. Ow! I shall come down. How? I hadn't thought of that. No? If I let go of the string... No, I don't like the idea of that. No. On the other hand... Yes? No. Oh. Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. Ow! Have you got your gun? Of course I have. But if I do that, it'll spoil the balloon. but, But if you don't, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. I see. Well, then... Did I miss? You didn't exactly miss, but you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry. I'll try again. But... And Winnie the Pooh floated down to the ground. But his arms were so stiff from holding onto the string of the balloon all that time that they stayed up in the air for more than a week. And whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. And I think, but I'm not sure, that that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? That's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me? And Piglet and Rabbit and all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember. And then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch the Heffalump. They didn't catch it, did they? I'm not saying. Pooh couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. I do remember. 
only Pooh does it very well, so that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story, and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Coming to see me have my bath? I might. <sighs> it didn't hurt him when I shot him, did it? Not a bit. He nodded and went out. And in a moment I heard Winnie the Pooh going up the stairs behind him. Story two, in which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place. Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. The hum was a little hum he had made up that morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the glass. <gasps> Tra-la-la, 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 ooh, help, la. Since then, he had learned the hum off by heart. And now, in the forest, he was humming it right through properly. La, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la. Rum tum tiddle um tum, tiddle idle tiddle idle tiddle idle tiddle idle. Rum tum tum tiddle um. While he was walking gaily along, wondering what everybody else was doing, what it felt like being somebody else. Rum tum tiddle um tum. When suddenly he came to a sandy bank, and in the bank there was a large hole. Ah, huh? Rum tum tiddle um tum. If I know anything about anything. That hole means rabbit, and rabbit means company, and company means food and listening to me humming, and such like. Rum tum tittle um tum. So he bent down and put his head into the hole and called out, Is there anybody at home? What I said was, Is anybody at home? No. Oh. You needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well the first time. Bother. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nobody. There must be somebody, then, because somebody must have said nobody. Hello, Rabbit? Isn't that you? No. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so. It isn't meant to be. Oh. So he took his head out of the hole and had another think and put it back and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me. What sort of me? Pooh Bear. You sure? Oh, quite, quite sure. Oh, well then. Come in. <clears throat> oh, you were quite right. It is you. Glad to see you. Um, who did you think it was? Well, I wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One can't have anybody coming into one's house. One has to be careful. What about a mouthful of something? Well, I uh, do always rather like a little something at 11 o'clock in the morning. Honey or condensed milk with your bread? Both. Uh, but um, don't bother about the bread, please. For a long time after that, Winnie the Pooh said nothing. Mm. Mm. Tum, 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 tum. 
Get it lump. Mm. Well, Rabbit, I must be going on. Must you? Well, I could stay a little longer if it, um... That is, if you... you... And he tried very hard to look in the direction of the larder. As a matter of fact, I was going out myself directly. Oh, well then, I'll be going on. Goodbye. Well, goodbye, if you're sure you won't have any more. Is there any more? No, there isn't. Hmm, thought not. Well, goodbye, I must be going on. So he started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws ah. and pushed with his back paws. Mm. And in a little while, his nose was out in the open again. Mm. And then his ears. Mm. And then his front paws. Oh. And then his shoulders. Mm. And then... Oh! Help! I'd better go back. Mm. Oh, bother! I shall have to go on. Mm. I can't do either. Well, help and bother. Now, by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk too. And finding the front door full, he went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him. Hello. Are you stuck? Um, no, no. I'm just resting and thinking and humming to myself. Here, give us a paw. Oh! Ow! You're hurting. The fact is, you're stuck. It all comes of not having front doors big enough. It all comes of eating too much. I thought at the time, only I didn't like to say anything, that one of us was eating too much and I knew it wasn't me. Well, well, I shall go and fetch Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest. When he came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh, he said... Silly old bear. In such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again. I should hate that. So should I. Use his front door again? Of course he'll use his front door again. Good. If we can't pull you out, Pooh, we might push you back. When Pooh is pushed back, he's back. And of course nobody is more glad to see Pooh than I am. Well, there it is. Some live in trees and some live underground and... You mean I'd never get out? I mean that having got so far, it seems a pity to waste it. Then there's only one thing to be done. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. Um, how long does getting thin take? About a week, I should think. <laughs> but I, I, I can't stay here for a week. You can stay here, all right, silly old bear. It's getting you out which is so difficult. We'll read to you. And I don't suppose it will snow. Snow? And I say, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs as a towel rail? Because, I mean, there they are, doing nothing, and it will be very convenient just to hang the towels on them. Weak. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals because of getting thin quicker. But we'll still read to you. <laughs> well, then, would you read a sustaining book, such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great... Tightness. So for a week, Christopher Robin read that sort of book at the north end of Pooh, and Rabbit hung his washing on the south end. And in between, Bear felt himself getting slenderer and slenderer. And at the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now! So Rabbit summoned all his friends and relations, and Christopher Robin took hold of Pooh's front paws, and Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin, 
and all Rabbit's friends and relations took hold of Rabbit and they all pulled together. And for a long time, Pooh only said, Oh! And, Oh! And then all of a sudden, And Christopher Robin and Rabbit and Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards. And on top of them came Winnie the Pooh, free. Then Pooh, with a nod of thanks to his friends, went on with his walk through the forest, um, humming loudly to himself. Um, um, but Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly and said to himself, Silly old bear. Story 3, in which Pooh and Piglet go hunting and nearly catch a woozle. The piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree. And the beech tree was in the middle of the forest. And the piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespassers W on it. Piglet, what does Trespassers W mean? It was my grandfather's name and has been in the family for a very long time. I don't think you can be called Trespassers W. Oh, yes you can, because my grandfather was. And it's short for Trespassers Will, which is short for Trespassers William. And my grandfather had two names in case he lost one. Trespassers after an uncle, and William after Trespassers. I've got two names. Well, there you are. That proves it. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow in front of the house, he happened to look up, and there was Winnie the Pooh. Pooh was walking round and round in a circle, thinking of something else. And when Piglet called to him... He just went on walking. Hello! What are you doing? Hunting. Hunting what? Tracking something. Tracking what? Well, that's just what I ask myself. I ask myself, what? What do you think you'll answer? Well, I shall have to wait until I catch up with it. Now, look, here. What do you see there, in the snow? Oh, Marks! Oh, oh, do you think it's... Oh, Woozle? It may be. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. You can never tell with poor Marks. What's the matter? It's a very funny thing. But there seem to be two animals now. This whatever it was has been joined by another whatever it is, and the two of them are now proceeding in company. Would you mind coming with me, Piglet, in case they turn out to be, um, <clears throat> hostile animals? Well, Pooh, I have nothing to do until Friday, and I would be delighted to come, in case it really is a woozle. Oh, you mean in case it really is two woozles? Oh, anyhow, I have nothing to do until Friday. So off they went together. I think, Piglet. Oh, I'm for you. Thank you. I'm right behind you. There was a small spinney of larch trees, and it seemed as if two woozles, if that is what they were, had been going round the spinney. Round the spinney went Pooh and Piglet after them. 
Piglet passed the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W, had done to remove stiffness after tracking, and how his grandfather, Trespassers W, had suffered in later years from shortness of breath. Pooh wondered what a grandfather was like, and whether perhaps they were after two grandfathers now, and, if so, whether he would be able to take one home and keep it, and what Christopher Robin would say if he did. And still the tracks went on in front of them, until suddenly Winnie the Pooh stopped and pointed excitedly in front of him. Look! <gasps> what? The tracks! A third animal has joined the other two. Pooh, do you think it is another woozle? No, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and one as it might be wizzle, or two as it might be wizzles and one, if so it is, woozle. Let us continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, in case the three animals in front of them were of hostile intent. I wish that Grandfather Trespasser's W was here instead of somewhere else. Um, wouldn't it be nice if we suddenly met Christopher Robin? Um, because I like him so much, Piglet, you see? And then all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. Three as it were woozles, and one as it was whizzle. Another woozle has joined them. I think, I think, that I have just remembered something. I have just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday, and I shan't be able to do tomorrow. So I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you. It's, it isn't the sort of thing you can do in the afternoon. It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning, and if possible, between the hours of... What, what would, you, would you say the time was? About twelve? Between, as I was saying, the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me. Oh, what, what was that? Pooh looked up at the sky, and then, as he heard the whistle again, he looked up into the branches of a big oak tree, and then he saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin. Ah, oh, then you'll be all right. You'll be safe with him. G goodbye. Silly old bear, what were you doing? First you went round the spinny twice by yourself, and then Piglet ran after you and you went round again together. And then you were just going round a fourth time. Um, wait a moment. Who sat down and thought in the most thoughtful way he could think. Uh. Then he fitted his paw into one of the tracks. And then he scratched his nose twice and stood up. Yes. Said Winnie the Pooh. I see now. Said Winnie the Pooh. I have been foolish and deluded. And I am a bear of no brain at all. You are the best bear in all the world. Am I? Mm. Anyhow, nearly time for luncheon. So he went home for it.
Story four, in which Eeyore loses a tail and Pooh finds one. The old grey donkey, Eeyore, stood by himself in a thistly corner of the forest, his front feet well apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself. Why? Sometimes he thought. Wherefore? And sometimes he thought. Inasmuch as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little in order to say... How do you do? And how are you? Not very how. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. Looking is free. Why, Eeyore, what's happened to your tail? What has happened to it? It isn't there. You sure? Well, either a tail is there or it isn't there. You can't make a mistake about it and yours isn't there. Then what is? Nothing. Let's have a look. And he turned slowly round to the place where his tail had been a little <clears> while ago, <throat> and then finding that he couldn't catch it up, he turned round the other way until he came back to where he was at first. And then he put his head down and looked between his front legs, and at last he said... I believe you're right. Of course I'm right. That accounts for a good deal. Explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere. Somebody must have taken it. How like them. Eeyore, I, Winnie the Pooh, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Pooh. You're a real friend. Not like some. It was a fine spring morning in the forest as he started out. Little soft clouds played happily in a blue sky, skipping from time to time in front of the sun as if they had come to put it out, and then sliding away suddenly so that the next might have her turn. Through them and between them, the sun shone bravely, and a copse which had worn its furs all the year round seemed old and dowdy now beside the new green lace which the beeches have put on so prettily. Through Copse and Spinney marched Bear, down open slopes of gorse and heather, over rocky beds of streams, up steep banks of sandstone into the heather again, and so at last, tired and hungry, to the Hundred Acre Wood. For it was in the Hundred Acre Wood that Owl lived. Said Pooh Bear to himself, and if anyone knows anything about anything, it's Owl who knows something about something, or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, which it is. So there you are. Owl lived at the Chestnuts, an old-world residence of great charm, which was grander than anybody else's, or seemed so to bear, because it had both a knocker and a bell pull. Underneath the knocker was a notice written by Christopher Robin which said, Les ring if an runcer is required. And underneath the bell pole, there was a notice written by Christopher Robin which said, Les knock if an runcer is not requid. Christopher Robin was the only one in the forest who could spell. For Owl, wise though he was in many ways, able to read and write and spell his own name, Wall, yet sometimes went all to pieces over delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully, first from left to right, and afterwards, in case he'd missed some of it, from right to left. Then to make quite sure, he knocked the knocker 
and he pulled a bell rope. And he called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. It's Bear speaking. Hello, Pooh. How's things? Terrible and sad, because Eeyore, who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail and he's moping about it. So could you very kindly tell me how to find it for him? Come indoors, Pooh. Come in. Well, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. Um, what does customary proceed cake mean? Hmm? For I'm a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. It means the thing to do. As long as it means that, I don't mind. The thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward, then... The... Um, um, just, just a moment. What do we do to this, what you were saying? You sneezed, just as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze. Yes, Owl, you did. Excuse me, Pooh, I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed. What I said was, first, issue a reward. You're doing it again. A reward! The writer noticed to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds Eeyore's tail. See, I see. Um, <clears throat> talking about large somethings, I generally have a small something about now. Um, about this time in the morning, just a... Mouthful of condensed milk or what not? Um, perhaps with a lick of honey? Well, then we write out this notice and we put it up all over the forest. Uh, a bit of honey or, or, or not, uh, as the case point. may be. The exception hmm. to the rule. But Al went on and on, of the yes. using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started. Yes, yes. And he explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. Did you see them, Pooh? No, no, not at all. Didn't you see them? Come and look at them now. So they went outside. And Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it. And he looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. And the more he looked at the bell rope the more he felt that he had seen something like it, somewhere else, sometime before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? Yes, Owl. It reminds me of something, but I can't think what. Where did you get it? I just came across it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush, and I thought at first somebody lived there, so I rang it, and nothing happened. And then I rang it again very loudly, and it came off in my hand. As nobody seemed to want it, I took it home and... Owl, you made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Eeyore. My dear friend, Eeyore. He was... he was fond of it. Fond of it? Attached to it. And he unhooked it and carried it back to Eeyore. And when Christopher Robin had nailed it on in its right place again, Eeyore frisked about the forest, waving his tail so happily that Winnie the Pooh came over all funny and had to hurry home for a little snack of something to sustain him. And wiping his mouth half an hour afterwards, he sang to himself proudly. Who found the tail? I, said Pooh, at a quarter to two. Only it was a quarter to eleven, really. I found the tail. Story five in which Piglet is entirely surrounded by water.
It rained and it rained and it rained. Piglet told himself that never in all his life, and he was goodness knows. How old, three, was it, or four? Never had he seen so much rain. Days and days and days. Piglet looked out of his window at the rain. Only I have been in Pooh's house, or Christopher Robin's house, or Rabbit's house when it began to rain. Then I should have had company all this time, instead of being here all alone, with nothing to do except wonder when it will stop. If I had been in Pooh's house, I would have been able to say, Did you ever see such rain, Pooh? And Pooh would have said, Isn't it awful, Piglet? And I would have said, I wonder how it is over Christopher Robin's way. And Pooh would have said, I should think poor old Rabbit is about flooded out by this time. It would have been jolly to have talked like this. And really, it wasn't much good having anything exciting like floods if you couldn't share them with somebody. And it was exciting. The little dry ditches had become streams, the streams had become rivers, and the river had sprawled out of its own bed and taken up so much room everywhere that Piglet was beginning to wonder whether it would be coming into his bed soon. It's a little anxious to be a very small animal entirely surrounded by water. Christopher Robin and Pooh can escape by climbing trees, and Kanga can escape by jumping, and Rabbit can escape by burrowing, and Owl can escape by flying, and Eeyore can escape by... by, by making a loud noise until rescued. And here am I, surrounded by water, and I can't do anything. It went on raining, and every day the water got a little higher, until now it was nearly up to Piglet's window, and still he hadn't done anything. There's Pooh, who hasn't much brain, but he never comes to any harm. He does silly things, and they turn out right. There's Owl. Owl hasn't exactly got brain, but he knows things. He would know the right thing to do when surrounded by water. This rabbit, he hasn't learnt in books, but he can always think of a clever plan. This, this Kanga, she isn't clever, Kanga isn't, but she, she would be so anxious about Rue that she would do a good thing to do without thinking about it. And, and, and there's Eeyore. And Eeyore is so miserable anyhow that he wouldn't mind much about this. But I wonder what Christopher Robin would do. <laughs> I know what Christopher Robin would do. He told me a story once about a man on a desert island who had written something in a bottle and thrown it into the sea. If I write something in a bottle and throw it into the water, perhaps someone will come and rescue me. He left the window and searched the house all of it that wasn't underwater. And at last he found a pencil and a small piece of dry paper and a bottle. And he wrote on one side of the paper, Help! Piglet! Brackets! Me! And on the other side, It's me! Piglet! Help! Help! Then he put the paper in the bottle and he leant out of the window as far as he could lean without falling in and he threw the bottle as far as he could throw. And in a little while, it bobbed up again on the water. And he watched it floating slowly away in the distance, until his eyes ached with looking. And sometimes he thought it was the bottle, 
and sometimes he thought it was just a ripple on the water which he was following. And then suddenly he knew that he would never see it again, and that he had done all that he could do to save himself. So now somebody else will have to do something, and I hope they will do it soon, because if they don't, I shall have to swim, which I can't. So I hope they do it soon. Oh, I wish Pooh were here. It's so much more friendly with two. When the rain began, Pooh was asleep. It rained and it rained and it rained. And he slept and he slept and he slept. He had had a tiring day. You remember how he discovered the North Pole? Well, he was so proud of this that he asked Christopher Robin if there were any other poles such as a bear of little brain might discover. There's a South Pole and I expect there's an East Pole and a West Pole. But people don't like talking about them. Christopher Robin? Do you think we could have an expedition to discover the East Pole? But Christopher Robin had thought of something else to do with Kanga, so Pooh went out to discover the East Pole by himself. Whether he discovered it or not, I forget. But he was so tired when he got home that, in the very middle of his supper, after he'd been eating for a little more than half an hour, he fell asleep in his chair and slept and slept and slept. Then suddenly he was dreaming. He was at the East Pole, and it was a very cold pole with the coldest sort of snow and ice all over it. He had found a beehive to sleep in, but there wasn't room for his legs, so he had left them outside. And wild woozles, such as inhabit the East Pole, came and nibbled all the fur off his legs to make nests for their young. And the more they nibbled, the colder his legs got, until suddenly he woke up with a... Ow! And there he was, sitting in a chair with his feet in the water, and the water all around him. He splashed to the door and looked out. This is serious. I must have an escape. So he took his largest pot of honey and escaped with it to a broad branch of his tree, well above the water. And then he climbed down again and escaped with another pot. And when the whole escape was finished, there was Pooh sitting on his branch, dangling his legs, and there beside him were ten pots of honey. Two days later, there was Pooh sitting on his branch, dangling his legs, and there beside him were four pots of honey. Three days later, there was Pooh sitting on his branch, dangling his legs, and there beside him was one pot of honey. Four days later, there was Pooh... And it was on the morning of the fourth day that Piglet's bottle came floating past him, and with one loud cry of... Honey! Pooh plunged into the water, seized the bottle, and struggled back to his tree again. <coughs> Bother! Empty! All that wet for nothing. What's that bit of paper doing? Hmm. It's a message, that's what it is, and that letter is a P, and so is that, and so is that, and... P means poo, so it's a very important message to me. But I can't read it. I must find Christopher Robin or Owl or Piglet, one of those clever readers who can read things, and they will tell me what this message means. I can't swim. Bother. Then he had an idea, and I think that for a bear of very little brain it was a good idea. 
He said to himself, If a bottle can float, then a jar can float, and if a jar floats, I can sit on the top of it, if it's a very big jar. So he fetched his biggest jar and corked it up. All boats have to have a name, so I shall call mine the Floating Bear. And with these words, he dropped his boat into the water and jumped in after it. For a little while, Pooh and the Floating Bear were uncertain as to which of them were meant to be on top. But after trying one or two different positions, they settled down with the Floating Bear underneath and Pooh triumphantly astride it, paddling vigorously with his feet. Christopher Robin lived at the very top of the forest. It rained and it rained and it rained, but the water couldn't come up to his house. It was rather jolly to look down into the valleys and see the water all around him, but it rained so hard that he stayed indoors most of the time and thought about things. Every morning he went outside with his umbrella and put a stick in the place where the water came up to. And every next morning he went out and couldn't see his stick anymore. So he put another stick in the place where the water came up to. Then he walked home again. Each morning he had a shorter way to walk than he had had the morning before. On the morning of the fifth day he saw the water all around him and knew for the first time in his life, he was on a real island, which was very exciting. It was on this morning that Owl came flying over the water to say, How do you do, Christopher Robin? I say, Owl, isn't this fun? I'm on an island. The atmospheric conditions have been very unfavourable lately. The what? It has been raining. Yes, it has. The flood level has reached an unprecedented height. The who? There's a lot of water about. Yes, there is. However, the prospects are rapidly becoming more favourable. At any Have moment... Have you seen Pooh? No, at any moment... I hope he's all right. I've been wondering about him. I expect Piglet's with him. You think they're all right, Al? I expect so. You see, at any moment... Do go and see Al, because Pooh hasn't got very much brain, and he might do something silly, and I do love him so, Al. You see, Al? That's all right. I'll go back directly. In a little while, he was back again. Pooh isn't there. Not there. He's been there. He's been sitting on a branch of his tree outside his house with nine pots of honey. But he isn't there now. Oh, Pooh, where are you? Here I am. Pooh! Oh, Pooh, how did you get here? On my boat. I had a very important message sent me in a bottle, and owing to having got some water in my eyes, I couldn't read it, so I brought it to you. On my boat. Here is the message. This is from Piglet. Is there anything about Pooh in it? On this side it says, Help Piglet, brackets me. And on this side it says, It's me, Piglet, help, help. Oh, are those peas Piglets? I thought they were Poohs. We must rescue him at once. I thought he was with you, Pooh. Ow, could you rescue him on your back? Ooh, I don't think so. It is doubtful if the necessary dorsal muscles... Then would you fly to him at once and say that rescue is coming, and Pooh and I will think of a rescue and come as quick as ever we can. Oh, don't talk, Owl. Go on, quick. Now then, Pooh, where's your boat? This way. I ought to say, Christopher Robin, that it isn't just an ordinary sort of boat. Sometimes it's a boat, and sometimes it's more of an accident. It all depends. Mm, depends on what? On whether I'm on the top of it or underneath it. Oh, well. 
Where is it? There it is. I call it the floating bear. Well, Pooh, it's not what I expected, but what a brave and clever bear you are. Tish. But it's too small for both of us. Three of us with Piglet. That makes it smaller still. Oh, Pooh Bear, what shall we do? And then this bear, Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh, FOP, Friend of Piglet, RC, Rabbit's Companion, PD, Pole Discoverer, EC and TF, Eeyore's Companion and Tail Finder. In fact, Pooh himself said something so clever that Christopher Robin could only look at him with mouth open and eyes staring, wondering if this was really the bear of very little brain whom he had known and loved for so long. We might go in your umbrella. Who? We might go in your umbrella. Who? We might go in your umbrella. Who? Suddenly Christopher Robin saw that they might. He opened his umbrella and put it point downwards in the water. It floated but wobbled. Who got in? He was just beginning to say that it was all right now when he found that it wasn't. So after a short drink, which he didn't really want, he waded back to Christopher Robin. Then they both got in together and it wobbled no longer. I shall call this boat the Brain of Pooh. Oh, why oh, say I? The Brain of Pooh set sail forthwith in a southwesterly direction, revolving gracefully. You can imagine Piglet's joy when at last the ship came in sight of him. In after years, he liked to think he had been in very great danger during the terrible flood. But the only danger he'd really been in was the last half hour of his imprisonment when Owl, who had just flown up, sat on a branch of his tree to comfort him and told him a very long story about an aunt who had once laid a seagull's egg by mistake. And the story went on and on rather like this sentence, until Piglet, who was listening out of his window without much hope, went to sleep quietly and naturally slipping slowly out of the window until he was only hanging on by his toes, at which moment, luckily, a sudden loud squawk from Owl, which was really part of the story, being what his aunt said, woke the piglet up and just gave him time to jerk himself back into safety and say, Oh, how interesting. And uh, did she? When? Well, you can imagine his joy when at last he saw the good ship Brain of Pooh Captain C. Robin, first mate P. Bear, coming over the sea to rescue him. And as that is really the end of the story, and I am very tired after that last sentence, I think I shall stop there. La, tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la. Rum tum tiddle um tum, tiddle iddle tiddle iddle tiddle iddle tiddle iddle. Rum tum tum tiddle um. Story six, in which Christopher Robin gives a poo party, and we say goodbye. One day, when the sun had come back over the forest, bringing with it the scent of May and all the streams of the forest were tinkling happily to find themselves their own pretty shape again. And the cuckoo was trying his voice over carefully and listening to see if he liked it. And wood pigeons were complaining gently to themselves in their lazy, comfortable way 
that it was the other fellow's fault, but it didn't matter very much. On such a day as this... Christopher Robin whistled in the special way he had, an owl came flying out of the hundred-acre wood to see what was wanted. Owl, I'm going to give a party. Ooh, you are, are you? And it's to be a special sort of party, because it's because of what Pooh did when he did what he did to save Piglet from the flood. Oh, that's what it's for, is it? Yes. So will you tell Pooh as quickly as you can, and the others, because it will be tomorrow? Oh, it will, will it? So will you go and tell them, Owl? Owl tried to think of something very wise to say, but couldn't. So he flew off to tell the others. Pooh! Christopher Robin is giving a party. Oh. Um, will there be those little cake things with pink sugar icing? Owl felt it was rather beneath him to talk about little cake things with pink sugar icing. So he told Pooh exactly what Christopher Robin had said. A party? For me? How grand! I wonder if all the other animals will know that it's a special Pooh party and if Christopher Robin has told them about the floating bear and the brain of Pooh and all the wonderful ships I've invented and sailed on because it will be awful if everybody has forgotten about it and nobody knows what the party is for. And the more he thought like this, the more the party got muddled in his mind, like a dream when nothing goes right. And the dream began to sing itself over in his head until it became a sort of song, an anxious Pooh song. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Why, what did he do? I thought you knew. He saved his friend from a wetting. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. He couldn't swim, but he rescued him. He rescued who? Oh, listen, do. I'm talking of Pooh. Of who? Of Pooh. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Well, Pooh was a bear of enormous brain. Just say it again. Of enormous brain. Of enormous what? Well, he ate a lot. And I don't know if he could swim or not. But he managed to float on a sort of boat. On a sort of what? Well, a sort of pot. So now let's give him three hearty cheers. So now let's give him three hearty witches. And hope he'll be with us for years and years. And grow in health and wisdom and riches. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. Three cheers for the wonderful Winnie the Pooh. Just tell me, somebody, what did he do? Eeyore, Christopher Robin is giving a party. Very interesting. I suppose they'll be sending me down the odd bits which got trodden on. Kind and thoughtful. Not at all. Don't mention it. There is an invitation for you. What's that like? An invitation. Yes, I heard you. Who dropped it? This isn't anything to eat. It's asking you to the party tomorrow. You mean Piglet? The little fellow with the excited ears? That's Piglet. I'll tell him. No, no, it's you. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Christopher Robin said all of them. Tell all of them. All of them except Eeyore. All of them. Ah, uh, mistake, no doubt, but still, I shall come. Only don't blame me if it rains. But it didn't rain. Christopher Robin had made a long table out of some long pieces of wood, and they all sat round it. Christopher Robin sat at one end and Pooh sat at the other, and between them on one side were Owl and Eeyore and Piglet, 
and between them on the other side were Rabbit and Roo and Kanga. And all Rabbit's friends and relations spread themselves about on the grass and waited hopefully in case anybody spoke to them or dropped anything or asked them the time. It was the first party to which Roo had ever been and he was very excited. As soon as ever they had sat down, he began to talk. Hello, Pooh. Hello, Roo. Sit still, Roo dear. Hello, Piglet. Hello, Eeyore. It'll rain soon. You see if it doesn't. Roo looked to see if it didn't, and it didn't, so he said... Hello, Al. Hello, my little fellow. As I was saying, Christopher, this accident which nearly happened to this friend of Drink up your milk first, dear, and talk afterwards. Oh, but I can do both. <coughs> no, no, you see, I told you, Lou, you cannot do both. <coughs> this party is a party because of what someone did, and we all know who it was. And it is his party because of what he did. And I've got a present for him, and here it is. Where is it? <coughs> Friends including oddments. It is a great pleasure, or perhaps I had better say it has been a pleasure so far, to see you at my party. What I did was, was nothing. Any of you, except Rabbit and Owl and Kanga, would have done the same. Oh, and Pooh. My remarks do not, of course, apply to Piglet and Roo, because they are too small. Any of you would have done the same, but it just happened to be me. It was not, I need hardly say, with an idea of getting what Christopher Robin is looking for now, try under the table, that I did what I did, but because I feel that we should all do what we can to help, I feel that we should all... Uh, uh, Rudy, was it me? What's you're talking about, Pooh? I don't know. I thought it was your party. I thought it was once. I suppose it isn't. Soon it was yours than yours. Who would I? As I was saying, as I was saying, I was interrupted by various loud sounds. I feel Here that... it is. Pass it down to silly old Pooh. It's for Pooh. For Pooh? Of course it is. The best bear in all the world. I might have known. After all, I can't complain. I have my friends. Somebody spoke to me only yesterday. And it was last week or the week before that Rabbit bumped into me and said, Bother. Social round. Always something going on. Nobody was listening to Eeyore, but they were all saying, Open it, Pooh. What is it, Pooh? I know what it is. No, you don't. And, of course, Pooh was opening it as quickly as ever he could, but without cutting the string, because you never know when a bit of string might be useful. Till at last, it was undone. When Pooh saw what it was, he nearly fell down. He was so pleased. It was a special pencil case. There were pencils in it marked B for bear, and pencils marked HB for helping bear, and pencils marked BB for brave bear. There was a knife for sharpening the pencils, and India rubber for rubbing out anything which you had spelt wrong, and a ruler for ruling lines for the words to walk on, and inches marked on the ruler in case you wanted to know how many inches anything was, and blue pencils, and red pencils, and green pencils for saying special things in blue and red and green. 
and all the lovely things were in little pockets of their own in a special case which shut with a click when you clicked it. And they were all for Pooh. Oh. Thank you. This writing business, pencils and whatnot, overrated if you ask me, silly stuff. Nothing in it. Later on, when they had all said goodbye and thank you to Christopher Robin, Pooh and Piglet walked home thoughtfully together in the golden evening. Long time, silent. When you wake up in the morning, Pooh, What's the first thing you say to yourself? Um, what's for breakfast? What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today. It's the same thing. And what did happen? When? Next morning. I don't know. Could you think and tell me and Pooh sometime? If you wanted it very much. Who does? <sighs> he picked his bear up by the leg and walked off to the door, trailing Winnie the Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Come to see me have my bath? I might. Was Pooh's pencil case any better than mine? It was just the same. He nodded and went out. And in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. Hell yeah, that was Winnie the Pooh. And uh, I'm glad we got to listen to that today on the AltaCast. Thanks for joining us. Check out mutinyradio.fm, apply to the festival, and uh, see you next week. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking, quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government and its personal as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead passing? Well, shoot. From time to time, I hear a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Now, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I was just leaving the theater. <laughs> 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material that drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Making big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good to see you. I am a total fraud. Lori Stanton's voice is absolutely right. I am an Eddie Bellius, an adolescent. And I will cut the. Henry! Henry! Charlie here! Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, till Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we gotta serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
Are you looking for local hand 